His Divine Grace, Srila Esi, Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada Ki. Jayam Vishnupad Paramahamsa Parirajika Chaya Shota Shota Shishimad. His Divine Grace, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Goswami Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada Ki. Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam Ki. Gaura Premanande Hari Hari Bo. 
All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Shishi Guru and Goranga. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we're reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam. This is chapter 4 of Canto 1. This is introducing Narada, beginning with um, reading text number 25. Sri Sudra Dvichabandhu Nam. Chayina Shruti Gochara Karma Shriyasi Mudhanam Shreya Evam Bhavad Eha Iti Bharatam Akyanam Kripa munina kritam. Shri shudra vijapandu nam. Chayina shruti gochara. Kama shriyasi mudhanam. Shreya evam bhavad. Iha Iti Bharatam Akyanam Kripaya Muninakritam Sri Sudra Bhandunam Jaina Shutri Gochara Shri Karma Shayasi Mudhanam Shreya Evam Bhavet Iha Iti Bharatam Akyanam Kripaya Muninakritam Sri, the woman class, Shudra, the laboring class, Dvijabhandunam, of the friends of the twice-born, Chayi, three, Na, Nat, 
Shrutrigochara for understanding karma in activities shayasi in welfare mudhanam of the fools shreyaha the supreme benefit evam thus bhavet achieve iha by this iti thus thinking bharatam the great mahabharata akhyanam historical facts kripaya out of great mercy munina by the muni kritam is completed translation out of compassion the great sage thought that it would be it would be wise that uh, thought it wise that this would enable men to achieve the ultimate goal of life thus he compiled the great historical narration called the mahabharata for women laborers and the and friends of the twice born so can repeat the translation out of compassion the great sage thought it wise that this would enable men to achieve the ultimate goal of life thus he compiled the great historical narration called the mahabharata for women laborers and friends of the twice born purport the friends of the twice born families are those who are born in the families of brahmanas kshatriyas and vaishyas are the spiritually cultured families but who themselves are not equal to their forefathers such descendants are not recognized as such for want of purificatory achievements the purificatory activities begin even before the birth of the ch- of a child and the seed giving reformatory reformatory process is called garbhadhana sanskara one who has not undergone such garbhadhana sanskara or spiritual family planning is not accepted as being an actual twice born of being of an actual twice born family the garbhadhana sanskara is followed by other purificatory processes of which the sacred thread ceremony is one this is performed at the time of spiritual initiation after this particular samskara one is rightly called twice born one birth is calculated during the seed giving samskara and the second birth is calculated at the time of spiritual initiation one who is able to undergo important samskaras 
can be called a bona fide twice born. If the father and the mother do not undertake the process of spiritual family planning and simply beget children out of passion only, their children are called dvija bandhus. These dvija bandhus are certainly not as intelligent as the children of the regular twice-born families. The dvija bandhus are classified with the sudras and the woman class who are by nature less intelligent. The sudras and the woman class do not have to go undergo any sangskar save and accept the ceremony of marriage. The less intelligent class of men, namely women, sudras and unqualified sons of the higher caste, are devoid of necessary qualifications to understand the purpose of the transcendental Vedas. For them, the Mahabharata was prepared. The purpose of the Mahabharata is to administer the purpose of the Vedas. And therefore, within this Mahabharata, the summary of Veda, summary Veda, the Bhagavad Gita, is placed. The less intelligent are more interested in stories than philosophy. And therefore, the philosophy of the Vedas in the form of the Bhagavad Gita is spoken by Lord Sri Krishna. Vyasadev and Lord Krishna are both on the transcendental plane, and therefore they collaborated in doing good to all the fallen souls of this age. The Bhagavad Gita is the essence of all Vedic knowledge. It is the first book of spiritual values, as the Upanishads are. The Vedanta philosophy is a subject matter for the study, for study by the spiritual graduates. Only the postgraduate spiritual student can enter into the spiritual or devotional service of the Lord. It is a great science, and the great professor is the Lord himself in the form of Sri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu. And persons who have empowered or empowered by him can initiate others in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. Once again, Sri Sujajajabhandunam Chainash. Chaina Shutri Gochara Kamashreyasi Mudhanam Shreya Evam Bhavad Iha Iti Bharatam Akyanam Kripaya Munina Kritam Out of compassion, the great sage thought it wise that this would enable man to achieve the ultimate goal of life. Thus he compiled the great historical narration called the Mahabharata for women laborers and friends of the twice born. Hare Krishna. So this uh, purport here, you find, is for the the modern American man is is very triggering. You know what the word triggering is? Alokananda triggering. What is it? It's like uh, it, it sets people off. Like they're oh, it's like a red flag. Yes, and and triggering, yeah. And so uh, here Prabhupada is stating in the purports certain things that do not uh, coexist well with the modern philosophy. So one of the uh, understandings in modern philosophy, modernity, is 
that we are all the same. And any recognition of differences is uh, somehow uh, a degraded form of prejudice. Women are different from men. If, uh, if laborers are different from businessmen, if businessmen are different from priests, if this person born outside of this samskara is different from the person who's born within this samskara. So there is an aspiration of egality, of, of, um, type of equal vision between all. We want to see everyone as equal. Which is a noble aspiration, but that aspiration has to be based on facts, factual uh, situations. So if we want to be equal based on our bodies, none of us are equal. Even if you're, you have an identical twin, you're not the same. Different personalities, the, the health may be different. Even if you're completely identical twin, even the fingerprints will come out a little different. Personality will be different. But most of us, we're not identical twins. We find some of us are shorter, some of us are taller, some of us are faster, some of us are slower, and so many different things. No equality. So the the notion to find equality has to be based on something that is factual, and that is the soul. When we see the soul, then it's samadarshana. Vidyavanaya sampane brahmana gavani hashtini shuni chaiva pandita samadarshana. So we see equal vision based on the soul's platform. Actually, there are two verses in the Gita that are repeated. What are the two verses? So one verse that's repeated is in the ninth chapter and the 18th chapter. That's manmana bhava madbhakto mamyaji mamnaskuru mamevasi daivam atmana matparayanaha. And then the next one is uh, this. Uh, it's in the third chapter and it is in the 18th chapter. And this is, um, I have to remember the first word one second. Veda base, Bhagavad Gita, chapter 18. Shreya Dharma Vigonat, yeah. Shreya Dharma Vigonat, Parag Dharma Sanushchitat. Um, one second. Here we go. Shreya Swadharma Vigonat, Parag Dharma Sanushchitat. So Bhavaniyatam Karma. It is far, it is better to do your own activities, your own karma, your own occupation. Even though one may perform it imperfectly, than to accept another's occupation and perform it perfectly. Duties are prescribed according to one's nature and never affected by sinful reactions. So Arjuna thought it would be better to be a Brahmana. Brahmanas don't have to kill their cousins. 
and their uncles and their grandfathers, they can just go and engage in uh, religious activities of meditation. And, and so Krishna, twice he is saying this, about duties based on our body. In the uh, seventh canto, Narada Muni describes duties of Kshatriyas, duties of Vaishyas, duties of Shudras, duties of Brahmanas, duties of Sannyasis, duties of Vanaprasas, duties of Grihastas, duties of Brahmacharis. He also describes duties of the woman class as well. And this is triggering for those who are invested in the modern culture because we're not supposed to see anybody as different. And here Krishna is saying, you have to not only know you're not the body, but you have to know what body you're in and how to work with it. If you have a Ferrari, you cannot use it very effectively as a, as a, to till a field, as a tractor. You know, a Ferrari is a very nice car. But it's not very effective in that means. And if you have a tractor, you're not going to win the you know, F1 race, you know, some, uh, you know, race on you know, European fast uh, through the mountains and such. So, what our bodily situation is, as we see in the Bhagavad Gita, is uh, is to be. Um, Paid attention to, not ignored. Sometimes we hear uh, philosophy, uh, feminist philosophy, say, you're not the body. But you see here, Arjuna was still told to do service according to his body. So we have to understand what is our bodily situation and try to work according to that. So as we said, this is very triggering. This is not very uh, much appreciated by uh, the philosophy that underlines the uh, materialistic culture. So let's see. So it's important, I... Uh, many of these items, is, uh, it cannot be understood without help of Guru. As Srila Prabhupada is mentioned in Bhagavad Gita. Um, let's see. I have that. One second. Bhagavad Gita. Go back. The word satyam, the satyam, this word means, okay, here, this is, this is in um, purport to the first three verses of chapter 16, divine and demoniac. And so here, the Prabhupada writes, satyam, 
This word means that one should not distort the truth for some personal exist, uh, interest. In the Vedic literature, there are some difficult passages, but the meaning or the purpose should be learned from a bona fide spiritual master. So we're obviously in this world because we rejected the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And so there are certain mentalities that are embedded in us that bring that we have this rejection of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So the the culture and philosophy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is not always going to be very easily understood. So the meaning and purpose should be learned from a bona fide spiritual master. So, for example, we should not, um, in trying to deal with difficult passages, denigrate the Acharya. Someone may read this purport and here Prabhupada says, The less intelligent classes of men, namely women, shooters, and unqualified sons of the higher caste, uh, some people will say, Oh, Srila Prabhupada, he is an old Indian man. And he is bringing this conditioning of his old Indian culture that is mixed in with the uh, um, uh, Muslim ideas of women and etc. Prabhupada's not writing these purports bringing his conditioning. He doesn't have that material conditioning. Actually, his acharya means he's simply presenting and not only as it is, but he is the example. And we see that he was so potent in presenting pure bhakti because he was completely connected with Krishna. Therefore, we have to examine these things. For, for one example, in the Bhagavatam, Srila Prabhupada states, most divorce is caused by women. And... One devotee took objection to this and said, you know, that this is Prabhupada's conditioning. So another devotee actually did investigation. And they just, they just studied over uh, 200 years of history of divorce in the world. And it was 200 years. You know, that's a long history. And it, it stated that 60 to 70% of the divorces were initiated by the woman. So you see... The, the the statistics were backing up Prabhupada's statement. It wasn't just some uh, conditioning due to him being an older uh, man from some archaic culture that doesn't ha- that is not as enlightened as the Western culture. So this statement is also also not very much uh, loved. The concept of less intelligent. And this is explained thus that uh, intelligence generally means in the Vedic culture is the discrimination between matter and spirit. It can also mean uh, philosophical acumen, but it's mostly that discrimination between matter and spirit. We find that men as a, as a class are not so attached they are uh, to family and children as much as the attachment is to, uh, of a woman. Uh, 
If a woman gave birth to her child and did not have attachment, that would be disastrous. It would it would create. And already there is lack of attachment, and sometimes we see there uh, a mother may neglect her child. But there is a biological gearing to be attached to the material situation, attached to uh, having home, attached to having stability, attached to um, friends and family connection. That is a, a bit stronger in women in general. Not all, you know, there's always different cases. And therefore that makes them way more suitable to take care of a child. That attachment is considered less intelligent. But then that same attachment, when directed towards Krishna, is considered more intelligent. Srila Prabhupada notes that in uh, most churches and temples, you'll see there's mostly women. Because easily taking to spiritual, the uh, women as a class can easily take to spiritual life due to easily being able to give their heart to Krishna. So, the one example is when Krishna and the cowherd boys were hungry. And Krishna and Balaram told the cowherd boys, go ask the yagyik brahmanas for some some of the boga, some of the food that they're preparing for their yagya. And they were rejected. But then came the um, the wives of the brahmanas, the wives of these yagyik brahmanas, and they were very eagerly gave all the food to, Krish, uh, to the cowherd boys to feed Krishna and Balaram. And then the brahmanas in return said, no, oh, these women are most intelligent. So that same attachment that becomes an indicator of less intelligence becomes, that, that same attachment becomes the indicator of most intelligent. So it is not necessarily a value judgment. What is better, oranges or apples? <laughs> you're about you're trying to think. Of. So there's not. A, it's not a necessarily a value judgment. It's just a difference, and understanding the difference, like the difference between a uh, a Ferrari and a tractor. Woman is like a Ferrari. One to. Want to uh, look very nice, you know, is to enjoy nicely. And man is like a tractor. May not care, you know, the the mothers have to tell them, no, you need to look nice. (laughs) Pull up your pants, you know, button. They have to be trained in this way. For example, uh, you have many mothers. A mother could be trained to be a, uh, a cage fighter, a boxer, a mixed martial arts artist. You can train anybody to do anything. 
And a person can be very good at doing it, whatever they're trained. Arjuna could be trained as a brahmana. He could do very nice yagyas. <laughs> no? He said, what if you could do the the thing that is outside of your nature, but you could do it so perfectly? No? What if Arjuna can recite sastra and do perform yagyas and um, uh, teach and all these things? If he could do all those things perfectly, Krishna says, Shreya Swadharma Vigonat Paradharma Svanushita. He should not do it. So, a mother can be uh, be trained to do something that may be like uh, outside of her natural propensity, and be good at it. But Krishna is saying that that's not going to be a wholesome picture, a, um, a complete picture. When you find work and activities that are actually properly placed due to your nature, your psychophysical nature then you will find more peace in your work. And if you are more peaceful, then you, it's easier for you to practice spiritual life. And everyone is born for such mixed natures. That doesn't mean that, okay, every woman now, you, you all have to all be in the kitchen, that's it, nothing else. But we have to find, uh, have a good understanding of our nature and then work according to that. And so that's what Krishna is telling Arjuna. That your bodily situation is not, uh, to say you're not the body is one thing, but to, that to understand you're not your car, that's one thing. But what kind of car do you have? That we should know. And what are the pros and cons? What are the facilities and what are the um, difficulties of each vehicle? The brahmana, his difficulty is he, uh, he's not going to be very brave. He's not going to be very um, uh, tolerant of pain. The the kshatriya, his difficulty is not going to be uh, um, very responsive to mistreatment. Yeah, he, and he's not going to not respond. In, uh, just be tolerate being insulted. You cannot. So there is difficulties in various bodies. The kshatriya will not want to do, uh, or the bra, uh, the kshatriya he will not want to clean the toilets. He will want to organize somebody else to do it. So there are some difficulties, there are some pros, and so one should understand this, and then we have a more peaceful society. Now, this is not meant to be artificially imposed upon anybody, but this is uh, come by realization. Not that we go around telling people what they should be doing. Hey, you're this, you should be doing that. But it's uh, our own gradual progression of attraction to the culture of Krishna. That so we should become attracted to Krishna's culture. And see... So, uh, for example, there is a campaign that has been in the West for some time that women should not have to wear their shirts. That 
Men have nipples and women have nipples. So what is the difference? So there's a campaign like this. And uh, many people are like, yeah, what is it? Why? Why? Why is that? And then some men are like, yes, yes. <laughs> we like this campaign. And Srila Prabhupada responded that uh, the women's liberation movement uh, in the 60s caused many uh, women to go around topless, but it was just the men exploiting. So, uh, this is a nice book. This is um, by a Mataji named Mother Devaki, Krishna's Culture, and she brings up this point that uh, the women's body and the men's body is not does not carry the same shakti. There is a story, I think it is in the fourth canto. There's a demigod flying in an airplane. And there is a princess playing with a ball on top of a roof. And due to her clothes being blown by the wind and loosening, the demigod became so enamored that he fell out of his airplane. He said, what if the roles were switched? There's some guy playing basketball and his pants are falling off. The woman is not going to fall out of her chair. It doesn't have that. The man's body does not have that potency. There is attraction, but it doesn't have that type of control over another person. For example... Yeah, Vishramitra was meditating for thousands of years and then Menaka came dancing, shaking her bangles. Now, if you went there and shaked some bangles, do you think Vishramitra would wake up from his thousands of years of meditation? He wouldn't even uh, be disturbed. But it was the power of the feminine Shakti from her body, transmitted through the sound of the bangles that made it so alluring. So because there is more power, there is more responsibility. Of course, even men should not uh, try to be uh, very sensual, very... Uh, they should... Everybody should see that they have some responsibility and not, not try to become, uh, be an object of agitation. But there's more, you know, therefore women should wear tops. Men can, you know, they can go without, you know, say there's going swimming or something. They don't have to wear a shirt because it, it doesn't have the same, um, there is some attraction, but it's not the same power of attraction that a woman's body has. So with power comes, as I say, you know, this is the famous Spider-Man quote, with great power comes great responsibility. Therefore it is different. Difference does not mean a degraded form of prejudice, but it's a recognition of truth. And then above and beyond that, we recognize the, the equality of the soul.
So we'll stop here, ask if there are any comments, questions, or reflections. Yeah. Yes. So you have two. Uh, the question was: Krishna tells Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita, you have these body the, bo- duties related on body, and then there have, and then he also Krishna says you're also not the body. So there are two types of swadharmas. There's swadharma based on the body, and there's swadharma based on uh, your spiritual uh, connection with Krishna. Uh, your constitutional and conditional. Constitutional is your your swadharma of the so, self, the soul, and the conditional is the, con, uh, the the swadharma based on the body. And so, at a certain level, on a uh, like Paramahamsa level, all of it is rejected. You know, all the conditional natures are rejected. If someone is a Paramahamsa, then uh, then nothing, none of those things actually matter at all, unless we're on that stage then then what kind of, you know, Arjuna being a Kshatriya, on his stage of the the way he was displaying himself as a Vaishnava, Krishna, uh, on his stage, okay, you do this. Not that everything becomes rejected in, in the, in the, in the, even the person on the Paramahamsa stage, what does Krishna tell to Arjuna in the third chapter? It says, still he acts according to the swadharma, uh, uh, the conditional swadharma, to be an exemplary person for others. Even though he has no duty to perform, he still does it. For example, Krishna says himself, Krishna has no, he is not obligated for anything. He says, still I perform my duty. Before I would not perform my duty, it would cause the whole world to go come into ruination. So there's conditional and then there's constitutional. And again, as we point out, there's a, let's see, there's a nice point here in the beginning. And these are actually spiritual solutions for so many of our social problems. We find that even among the Hare Krishna community, so many divorces, specifically in the Western, uh, the those who are American, because a lot of our philosophical notions towards marriage and stuff are, are, are deep. We don't know that they're still there. But oh yes, it's all about what you know, how I feel, and. And if, if okay, so this about culture it says this transformation cannot be imposed. However, it can only be inspired. Everyone has to make this transformation at their own pace within their own hearts. It cannot be legislated. This is a and is a dynamic process stretching over many generations. I remember hearing senior devotees quoting Srila Prabhupada saying that it would take ten generations. 
and it requires systematic training and education in order to raise awareness of the importance of spiritual culture and understanding its underlying principles. To become Krishna conscious, we have to become conscious first. And we are so unconscious at times. Once we become conscious of how culture affects our life and mental outlook, then we can deliberate, uh, make deliberate choice, a deliberate choice of how much of which culture we want to invite into our lives. As long as we're not conscious of things, however, then we're just going with the flow and accepting the three modes of material, whatever the three modes of material nature is suggesting. We will not make a conscious decision. Systematic training and education will empower a devotee to consciously, consciously choose. So some of these, because of some of these views are um, against the the core philosophical ideas of the West, it's not something that we pose upon, upon others. We understand, we have to, as Prabhupada says, uh, um, there are many difficult passages in the Vedas, and therefore we have to inquire from a spiritual master and try to understand its meaning and purpose. So, so not that we just say these things with rote, but we try to understand, okay, well, really, what is, what is the point uh, on there? What, why would why would it why would it be mentioned this item or that item? What are some of the uh, truths that we can have some understanding of instead of just uh, you know just speaking it? How can we understand it in such a way that it's possible to convince somebody else who may be a little green on the subject? Okay. Any other comments, questions, reflections? Hare Krishna Rupa. All right. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki. All right.